Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Courtside with Beelance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I have my co-host with me. Thank God I do. Steve, we got anything to talk about tonight? Oh, I don't think anybody's been able to keep up with the pace of events this week, David. It's been it's been just a, a whirlwind of developments, minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, and right to the point where we're discussing this right now, still not knowing the plight of Novak Djokovic. Yeah, and let me timestamp this. We're talking right now. It's Thursday night, six thirty Eastern time. Um, I'm going to post this, you know, shortly after we're done. Um, because everything is time sensitive. So figure it, this will be released Thursday night, shortly after, you know, again, maybe 7.30, 8.30 Eastern time. It should be out for the listeners. Um, with that, you know, Steve and I have been talking about the developments pretty much every day. And we've wanted to record pretty much every day. And we're just like, you know, as soon as we're getting set to record, there's been new developments. And we're just like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Um, we think tonight, <laughs> again, this is guesswork for us. We think tonight is a, a pretty good time to record. We greatly appreciate everybody who's been recording it every day. Patrick McEnroe has done a great job. Everyone has do, been doing it, um, the live reporting and, and everything. We appreciate it. Um, it's been explained greatly. So with that, um, I just want to set the stage a little bit, and then Steve and I are going to get into it. Um, for those that are still a little bit um, unsure of the structure with what's happened with, with the visa with Novak, you basically have three entities, and we'll start with the least authoritative to the most authoritative with this. You have Tennis Australia, you then have the Victorian government, and then you have the federal government. So those are three separate entities, and it's crucial that you keep all three straight <laughs> and separate. Um, there's also a couple themes that I want to talk about, um, and I, I want to state that real, real briefly. Um, we'll start with is the Australian Open better with having Novak Djokovic in it? I think there's no, there's no argument there. I think the tennis, any tournament is better when you have the world, you know, the world number one, possibly the greatest player ever in it. I don't think that's debatable. Um, tennis Australia, the head of Tennis Australia, Craig Tiley, does he want Novak in this tournament? Absolutely. Did Craig push for Novak Djokovic to be in this tournament? I also think absolutely. Did Craig Tiley try to circumvent any rules to try to get Novak Djokovic into the Australian Open? I say absolutely no way. Craig has been, uh, Craig has the reputation of the highest regard in his whole career in the tennis business, going back from coaching in my own state at University of Illinois to doing everything that he's done now being the head of Tennis Australia. I do not think he tried to circumvent um, any type of rules to try to get Novak in. Um, again, did he try to push for him? Absolutely. Um, with that, other than highlighting the, the outline that Novak um, detailed greatly in his Instagram post the other day, where do you even want to start with this, Steve? And, and we'll kind of, you know, we, we joke, Steve jokes with me with my organizational skills and I have my talking points. You guys can't see my notes, but it's chicken scratch right now. So this will be more free flowing than, than usual. Steve, you know, what, what, what are some of the things that you want to kind of get out in the open first? And then we'll talk about the timeline, which again is its own wacky ordeal. Yes, well, I, one of the points I've been thinking about it a lot, as you told the as you told the viewers and listeners, you and I have gone back and forth a lot this week with 
Texan conversations trying to analyze all of this. I just want to make one overriding point at the start. Most of the public, many of the players, the prevailing view seems to be that this was about entitlement, that Novak Djokovic, the great Novak Djokovic, the man going for his 10th Australian Open title, if he's allowed to play this year, just felt that he was better than anyone else. And therefore, you know, I mean, that he's a superstar. Therefore, he's afforded special privileges. I do. I disagree with that very strongly. He's made some serious mistakes, terrible errors in judgment, no doubt about it. But to me, the whole thing is, David, he has a serious hang up about the about the vaccine. Now, he could have he could have taken it at any time. Uh, apparently, he could have even taken it after he got to Australia and they would have they would have allowed him in. That would have solved everything. And people say, well, why didn't he do it? It's just a simple shot because he has serious reservations. I think he's fundamentally wrong. I'm not defending the, the, his his viewpoint because I think his viewpoint is just plain wrong. But I think that people should look at it a little differently. It's a stubborn streak in him. It, and he has very kind of unconventional views on many things in life. This is one of them. And, and therefore, I think that it, it would have been very simple for him at any stage, David, to have said along the way, look, it's going to be too dangerous. They're not going to let me in. I'm going to take that vaccine, even though I hate the idea of what it might do to me. People forget too easily, David, that he was very uneasy about having surgery on his elbow back in 18 and, and, and told the story later that he was actually in tears over the whole episode because it bothered him so much to put that into his body. So to me, this is about a man, we know he's a man of extremes. We know he's a man of very strong views. And here's another case of it. It's not to justify many of the things he's done. I'm just think that that's, it's important for people to understand that part of him and I don't think for a second that this was a case that Djokovic said, look, uh, you'll do what I want you to do, because we all know that 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 I'm a, I'm a great star. And therefore, surely you'll you'll give me a break. He yeah. had no he had no idea, David, what. And the second thing to discuss, I think, and I'd like to get your view on this, too, is that you mentioned Tylee. I, I believe that Tylee is not lying about the process. And he said that the process was that there was a two tiered panel reviewing all this. They were the ones that the two the two tiered panel of experts reviewed all of the information supposedly blindly, and they determined that Djokovic should be allowed into the country along with the Victorian government that you mentioned. So the notion that Djokovic was going over there and just trying to barge into the country and muscle his way in again, that's been badly distorted. No, he was given every indication when he went on that plane that he was all set, that he was going to get in, that he'd been permitted in. And he caught a lot of grief even for the, the Instagram that he sent before he went over, which was supposedly in your face. I just thought it was a relief. That Instagram was a relief. He was like, oh, thank God I got my, I got, he called it his special permission, his medical permission. However he put it, he used the word permission because he realized he needed that and that he had to be approved or he wouldn't have been going over there. So I think that got really seriously distorted, David, again. That doesn't excuse the things that happen later and the mistakes made on the forms or any of it, but that's an important piece of background. I just wanted to say that up front. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And there's so much that we can talk off of what, what you said. You know, one thing you and I discussed offline is, you know, if I'm Novak Djokovic and I have a bazillion dollars and I can get, you know, a team of, of lawyers, experts in this area 
you make sure all your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. And yes, whatever assurance he may have gotten from Tennis Australia or from the Victorian government, why not even just go to the source before you get on that plane? Why don't you make sure you are a hundred percent in accordance with everything from, again, the, the federal government is the strongest authority. I, and if I was Novak, I would probably have my lawyers go right to the source and have zero doubt because maybe, you know, and, and I'll throw this out there and I, and again, it's just guesswork, right? Maybe he was, he was happy with what he heard from the Victorian government and tennis Australia. And maybe the federal government, maybe they weren't as clear cut on what the rules were. And maybe was his team scared to go to the source to get the actual answer, more of like that selective listening type of thing. Like you only want to hear what you want to hear. Again, I have no idea if Novak's team yeah, I, had any doubts on that. I was just going to throw that out there because no, why not go directly to the source? And you mentioned that to me. See, my feeling about that is that he had some pretty good assurances. We're going to find out more down the road. I'm assuming he had good assurances from Tylee's office, maybe from Tylee himself. Tennis Australia, they, we spoke to the Victorian government. They've spoken to the federal government. You are all set. So I think it, 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 we're going to find out. Maybe we're going to find out later that Tylee, maybe if Tylee says something different, fair enough. And then your point would be well taken if it was determined that Tylee had said, we think you're okay, but we're not sure. I don't think that, and I don't think it ever should have been handled that way, David. I think that it should have been, uh, I believe it was up to, to Tylee and Tennis Australia uh, to not only talk to the Victorian government, but talk to the federal government, Better. talk to the border and say, okay, we need to know. Our, our team has decided that he deserves to come into the country. They've reviewed the evidence. They say, yes. Do you say yes? Because before he gets on that plane, we want to let him know for sure that he's, that he's good. A hundred percent agree with it. And, and why wasn't that done? And that absolutely should have gotten done because there should be zero doubt before right. he gets on that plane that he's good to go. A hundred percent agree with you. Let's talk about the timeline a little bit because that gets goofy in itself. And there was sure. such bad errors in judgment by Novak. I think that's not debatable. Um, December right. 14th, he attends a basketball game, his crowded basketball game, where afterwards a lot of people tested positive. Two days later, December 16th, he takes a rapid test, which is, you know, you get it right away. He's negative. But he also takes a PCR test, which is obviously takes a little bit longer. December 17th, he goes and takes a rapid test again before attending a kid's event, which was still negative. But later that night, that PCR test came back positive. So now he's attended a kid's event, having been COVID positive, testing positive for COVID. The next day, December 18th, he chooses to do an interview, right? He still chooses to do an interview knowing he's tested positive for COVID. The, the crazy thing about that is imagine, Steve, the ramifications if it was the other way around. If you had the journalist who knew he was tested positive interviewing Novak Djokovic, who is, you know, let's say was negative, you know, just days away from competing in the Australian Open. The ramifications would be, I can't even imagine what they would be to that journalist. Um, no, and David, he would have been, he would have been furious and he would have been insulted and, and thinking, how, how could you possibly do, how could you put me in that kind of jeopardy? And no doubt he did not think that went through. And he, he conceded that. He conceded he'd made a real mistake there. 
The, 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 why I'm baffled is that that could have so easily been done. He could have honored that interview request by going on Zoom. What we're they doing would, right now. <laughs> no, no, like we're doing now. And it still would have been a one-on-one -on -one interview. The guy would have gotten the same kind of material from Novak. Yes, it's better if you can do it in person, but there's so much being done on Zoom these days that I don't know why he, you know, that that was just, that was that was one of his serious blunders in this whole episode was, he conceded it, but it was it was a judgment that uh, still perplexes me. Uh, the other the other two events you mentioned, you can say, OK, he didn't have the results yet. And 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 that could be justified if the dates are all accurate, but not not the uh, interview with the, the journalist from L'Equipe in France. That, that And also, David, all of the players, Novak's not the only one, but they're pretty guarded about doing one on one interviews with the press. So the notion that he didn't want to let this guy down, I I have a hard time with that that part of it. I don't I, I, I don't really believe that. And I'm a big believer in him. That sounds like an excuse to me. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it, it, it came back to bite him because he had to concede that he had done this knowing he had tested positive. So that was one of that. That, of course, was a, was one serious blunder. And the other we can get to is what happened with the form. In terms of how that was been. the next topic I, I wanted to bring up. So the, his sure. agent, Novak claimed his agent ticked the incorrect box on his travel declaration saying he he didn't travel. Right. In effect, he 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 had traveled. Right. Yes. Yes. Correct. He'd gone, so, to, Spain, gone to Spain because he was practicing with the same balls, same kind of surface. Uh, I'm not sure why he had to do that. I suppose it was a better facility to train than in Serbia. I'm not sure what the reasoning was. And then there were some questions about. Had he gone into Spain legally, according to their rules, but then I've seen a statement since where one of the Spanish ministers said, no, we've had no, we have a, we, we're not doing any investigation on that. It seemed to be uh, squelching that. But uh, yes, that, that I don't know how the mistake was made. I don't know how the agent would have done that. What the reason was, was it just carelessness or did he not want to admit was he aware that Novak could be in trouble in terms of getting in if he admitted to having been in Spain? But how how could you hide that? Because it was public knowledge. Some of that stuff, right. I'd you'd seen it. That stuff emerges on social media all the time. And you're more you're a, a more sophisticated social media traveler than I am. But even I saw it and saw the pictures, and everybody was aware. So you know, if you're in his shoes and you're seen publicly, there there was no reason to hide it. So I don't I don't really know what the story was i'm willing to accept that the agent could have made a mistake but you uh, you want you wonder why so to go back a little bit now so he supposedly gets these assurances right he gets on this plane he gets he gets there he gets off the plane he then gets detained right and they cancel his visa a couple days later they it had to be a couple days later after his team appealed it right the ruling was overturned and this was another thing i want to talk about the ruling was overturned based on the proceedings at the time they canceled his visa that it was unreasonable. I think it's important to state that the ruling wasn't overturned really on the merits of the case. The ruling was overturned basically on unreasonable unreasonableness. They took his phone. They promised him certain hours to get to his team. Yeah. And they, yeah. then they took those hours back again. This was like at four in the morning. No one was even open tennis, Australia. Well, I mean, everyone was still sleeping. Um, so now, but even David though, Oh, just a quick, you said a couple of days. He arrived, I guess, on Wednesday night. And so he did have to wait in that detention hotel Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yep. and Monday. 
it was it was quite a law. It must have seemed like an eternity to him. All of those days elapsing. But you're right. It was largely procedural. And the judge said at the time, you know, what more could this man have done? Meaning, you know, he, he thought he had done all that that you could expect of him in terms of being ready to enter the country. Uh, but you're right. Largely procedural. But then the question becomes, what's wrong with these guys? Why did they have to do that? If right. they had they had a case to tell him, no, you're not coming in, at least treat him fairly and let him call his lawyer. And you got policemen standing outside. And the whole thing sounded to me like it was really overdone on their part in terms of what they were allowing him to the freedoms they were allowing him to make whatever calls he needed to make to tennis Australia or his agent. So, and that's why they overturned it because of the unreasonableness. Right. Now, right. the kicker now I, is this isn't wait. over yet. This isn't yeah. over yet. So, yeah, that yes, his he won his appeal, but there's still a unilaterally right from the federal government that can still deny him his visa the second time. And if I understand this correctly, if he uses that power, that's a three-year ban. Right, right, it is. It's a which strikes me, by the way, that can be appealed. And okay. my, I, I strongly believe that if Novak is sent home, if he is deported that they'll win the appeal on that. That just seems really unreasonable. Uh, I agree. You, can, you take a tennis player three years, that's just excessive and unnecessary. And it's kind of a spitting in your face gesture. And, and uh, it just won't hold up in my view. Now, of course, he could also, if, if he's told to be deported, he could also appeal that as well. One other thing that I think we should talk about, David, is the case of the Czech player, woman player, Renata, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Vorakova, but she was allowed in, played a tournament in Australia. She had a medical exemption, apparently quite similar to the medical exemption that Novak was given because she'd not had the vaccine. Now, maybe her reasons were different. Maybe there was something different about it, but they allowed her into the country. She's playing. She played a match. She was getting ready for the Australian Open, and then she's told to go to the detention center or, and, and that they are going to deport her. That still strikes me as something of a mystery in all this, because, OK, if they allowed her in the country, David, then they're saying that that her medical exemption was valid. Uh, then they're pulling her out of the country. Why was it suddenly invalid? You know, what? So, uh, yeah. so I have to say, David, that the federal government has been deeply flawed in the way that they have pursued uh, the Djokovic case and her case, because she's very upset and upset with Tennis Australia and saying she wants to be compensated for what she lost out on. I don't know exactly how much money she's asking, not a ridiculous amount, but just to compensate her for the time loss and the money and et cetera. And, and I, so you have to wonder, what was the government up to there when they did this after the Novak episode, they pulled her out? That's mm. very odd to me. No, I agree. And I think there, there needs to be some answers in, in that situation as well. And again, the, the viewers aren't seeing this, but as Steve's talking, I'm scribbling notes because there's still so much we want to get to. Um, questions, you know, and we've, we've, I've said it to you personally, and, and you've heard it on the various interviews that we've listened to this week. You know, reputation counts in all, in all aspects of life. And here we have a very public figure, um, arguably the greatest player ever to play, um, People are even doubting, Steve, if he had COVID. People are even doubting. So let's say he made, he, you know, he conveniently said he had COVID on this date, and then he had to reconstruct these dates 
that which he detailed on the Instagram post. I mean, these are all things that, you know, maybe he did have COVID, but the fact that people are even asking, did maybe he made it up, you know, it, it, it seems like he's always getting in his way. And you and I have talked about this a hundred times. He is not a bad person. He has a huge charity. He's done. He's helped a lot of different areas. He helps kids by all accounts. He's very nice to the fans and people like this guy is he's very funny. As you've said many times, he's very sporting, especially after a loss. Um, he's not a bad guy. I don't think he is. I just no. think he gets oh. in his own way. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. It, it, David, you know, he, he there's, there's a lot that's unconventional about him. And maybe it's the upbringing in Serbia. It's hard to explain all that. Obviously, he's quite different from Rafa and Roger in this regard. He's, he's taken more risks in his life been more daring sometimes to his own detriment and and uh i i think that this is something he's going to quite he's going to he's going to have lingering doubts about the way he handled this for a long long time and it will have done a lot of damage i think the crucial thing for him going forward david is to he's got to be willing to talk this through it i don't think it should be just done on instagram and obviously he's going to have to answer questions in his press conferences if he stays in the tournament Right. Uh, if he's allowed to play, I should say. And and I hope that he's patient and and reflective and not condescending. And I don't think he will be, but does his best to show some remorse and not blame this all on others, not just blame it on the agent putting the check in the wrong box or Tennis Australia didn't do this. Although I think, by the way, we shouldn't leave out Tennis Australia entirely. He does have to explain a few things himself. He should be as honest as he can. And I'm not saying he owes it to Novak to be just completely supportive of everything Novak is saying, but he should explain what happened from their end that went, what went wrong. But you're right. This is, this is a critical moment in the life of Novak Djokovic. And he's got it. Number one, he's got to conduct himself if he's allowed to play impeccably on the court. He's got to try to, he's got to really resist any impulse to break rackets or do things that normally people would just, uh, would hardly blink an eye about, but right now he's going to be scrutinized in a way that he never has before. And then as it goes along and whenever he's doing any interviews, he's got to be very, I, I think, remorseful and regretful about what he did and, 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 and willing to, to accept that he made some serious mistakes in the process of wanting to play a major tournament. Now we got to keep in mind, David, it was only September of 2020 that he had the incident at the U S open playing against Karina Busta, where he smacked a ball, but he, he didn't turn and look where he was hitting it. He, no, he was, that, that was just snake-bitten bad luck. But, but others have brought that up, and at the time, it seemed like, I remember even John McEnroe thought it was going to, could have maybe permanent uh, implications for him, that it might really kind of wound his psyche and, and harm him in such a way. No, he got right back with it, he, and, he, and he, he overcame that. This will be more difficult but not impossible, I think, depending on what he does going forward to show that he genuinely regrets some of the things that he did, that he doesn't just place the blame on the way he was handled coming into the country or whatever Tennis Australia may or may not have done, but accepts the fact that he was so determined to go over and play this that he got carried away and, and, and did not take all the steps he should have to be absolutely certain about dates and places and all the rest of it. And so uh -huh. that he had 
explain it away in an Instagram again. Again, that's okay for temporarily while this thing was hanging in the balance and the decision hadn't been made yet. I, I, I accept the fact that he would use Instagram at that stage. But now going forward, the, the interviews are going to be critical. I want to take you back to the actually the 2021 U.S. Open, where here he was going for history, came up a little bit short, but my God, he finally found that love from that New York crowd. That's just a few months ago, Steve. And here he is again. And it's that theme of, you know, why does he keep getting in his own way? I mean, he any questions why, you know, there's questions out there, right? Why isn't he as loved as Roger and Rafa and he found that peace he found that love in New York just a few months prior and here he is entangled in this I mean it's really been a circus Steve and and I'll ask you do you think are you surprised that he hasn't unilaterally left with all the distractions um, that have happened and do you think he still will unilaterally leave before first ball is hit well we still uh... No, I don't. I don't. I think he'll, I, I think Frank, I think he's going to see it through. And if he lose, if, if the minister, uh, Alex Hawk rules against him, the minister of immigration decides that he's going to deport him. I think, I think Djokovic will appeal. He's come this far. He's, he, he knows in some ways he was wrong, but coming into the country, the whole thing could have been so different if he'd just been told, imagine if he had just been told David. That's what I said to you from day one, just go right to the source. Well, no, but what I mean, whosoever fault that was, but I, I, and I see it a little differently because I blame it more on, on tennis Australia and, and there and the Victorian government, but be that as it may imagine if he had been given, been told, look, this isn't going to work out. We wanted to win this battle for you. And our panels thought that you were in the clear, but we've now found out that, you're, you're not going to be the best case scenario for you is you're going to go in and they're going to put you in a detention hotel and you're going to fight this out and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be filled with twists and turns and you're, you're, it's, it's not going to be fun for you or anyone else. Do you really want to do that? I suspect under those circumstances, he would have just said, I'm not going. We'll never know. But imagine had it played out that way. This, this would have been a, a very different scar on his on, on his psyche and everyone else's. It, Steve, it, we've done this, so many of these that you just answered my final question that I wanted to ask you. If he knew that he was going to have to go through this, would he do it again? And again, we don't know the answer, but I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he would. Um, but, but being where he is, David, I, I know you felt, because we talked about this and you were feeling like he was just going to d- decide it, enough is enough and go home. But I think that would be kind of humiliating for him and he's been he's already been humiliated enough and he knows that some of the some of this is self-inflicted wounds to be sure he understands that but I think he feels like look I fought for this right I believe that I was I believe that I was not entitled in the sense of I had it coming to me but I believe that I had gone through the proper channels shown my shown my made my case for a medical exemption gotten approved in the first hurdle by Tennis Australia's divisions. And therefore, uh, I, I've got to see this through. And I think in some ways, you know, a part of him, even though they're, they're along with the self-inflicted wounds, I think he feels a, a bit wronged in some ways by the some of the harshness of the criticism. And it has been harsh. And yeah. it, it's funny, he brings that out of people. Some of that I don't think is a question just of getting in his own way, but it's the way people have always reacted to him. Think back to 2007, David, 
He's at the U.S. Open. That was when he reached his first major final, which he lost to Roger Federer. But along the way, after his quarterfinal, he did some imitations, which he'd been known to do behind the scenes more, right? Fun. Yeah, it is funny. Wonderful impersonations of Nadal and Maria Sharapova, and they all enjoyed it. Maria was 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 enjoying it immensely, and uh, and and it, it was a quite a lengthy one because he'd won a quick quarterfinal and. The, Television had plenty of time to allow me. The imitations were just hysterical. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so many positive sides to him. We've seen it. We've seen it all with him, right? Across the board. But I'm saying there, that, that, that there's been some, there's been inventions and reinventions ever since then. He's a complicated guy leading a complicated life, but I, I still am hopeful that he'll come out of this one way or another. And, He'll make amends and he'll also acknowledge that th this was something he was not very proud of. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, I'll leave you with the final question. It's again, it's Thursday night. Um, we're going to get this out in an hour or two. Um, we are going to record again Sunday morning um, in New York time, which will be just a little bit, you know, a few hours before first ball is hit. Um, my final question is to you when all said and done, do you think, you think he's going to play? Do you think he either on his own, he's going to stick it out or uh, you know, the, the federal government will allow him to, to play. Yeah. I'm really, I, I, I hate to straddle the line here. I mean, I, I think it's such a coin flip as we speak. I lean slightly toward that. They will allow him to play. I, I certainly don't think he will, withdraw from the situation and say, this is too much for me. I'm going. I think he really wants to. And I think a part of him wants to see because he's dealt with so many adverse circumstances throughout his career and crowds being decidedly against him. And a couple of, I mean, the 2015 U.S. Open crowd against Federer when he won in four sets in the final, the 2019 Wimbledon final against Roger when he saved two match points. I could name five others where he had virtually everybody in the arena rooting against him, cheering against him, and he still found a way to win. And I think there's a part of him that, that likes that challenge, that relishes the challenge of, of showing people that he can overcome the worst possible circumstances and still prevail. And so that's why I think he wants to play, because I think he feels like he, <laughs> he came all this way. He's in the country. He's practiced. He's fought the legal battle. He knows it's out of his hands in terms of the minister. But I, I guess I'm leaning, but but I think it's 51-49 or 50-50 because the case is so strong either way. They have their case because of, of, of the fact that things were handled badly on his end and some and they have they know what happened in terms of the COVID, the, the confusion over the COVID days. They know what happened with the confusion over having been in Spain. So they can look at all these things and say that was reckless and irresponsible and we're not going to allow him to play, but just as easily. They could decide, you know what, he, uh, it, is, it, is it entirely conclusive? No. Did, the gov did, did our government handle this impeccably? No. And in the end, decide to, to be a, a little more lenient and allow him to play. But we're going we're gonna to have a lot more to say about this in our Sunday podcast. A hundred percent. And you've referred to it. Um, if he does play, he, he does an excellent job of compartmentalizing everything and he will use any negativity as fuel. He's done it so many times, like you referred to. And with that, I mean, we'll, we'll end it here. We'll get this out as soon as I can edit it. 
Um, <laughs> and we'll continue to monitor the developments. I can't wait to speak to you on Sunday, where hopefully this will be resolved and we can actually talk about tennis because there are some great tennis matches being played right now. And we haven't even touched that, but we had not addressed the Novak situation. We wanted to get this um, out now and we want to get it out to the listeners. So Steve, thank you so much. Enjoy dinner. And, and I'll ask you to stay on Twitter because this thing can, can change in an instant.